Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. Welcome back to or welcome to Gardening Naturally. Good day today. I mean, considering we're going to get warm, it's going to be humid. Oh, terrible humidity. 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 Sorry. Uh, But we're going to get a quick fall off in temperatures. Monday morning will be cold. If you are in the hill country, there are places out there where they're very much concerned about a freeze or a frost. So get ready for the cold. Good news, we're getting some rain. I got five and three quarters inches of rain over this last rain period. I needed every drop of it, though way too much of it ran off. I was hoping to keep more of it on my property, but it just fell so fast. Now, most of my soil, I got a good deep soaking. My trees are gonna be thrilled. My my shrubs that told me it was gonna uh, rain, my Texas sages exploded into purple right before the rain got here they're going to be doing great they're going to really soak up this water that they've been missing i mentioned that i have a pear tree and it's probably gotten too much rain i can tell because there's a lot of black leaves in it again If the leaf is supple, not crunchy, it's probably just reacting to the water. If the leaf is crunchy and the branch is brittle that it's attached to, it could be fire blight. Though that would be unusual at this time of the year. Not impossible, but unusual. So... I got the water I needed and I got too much water both at the same time. Um, that happens. That, that happens. It's difficult to get perfect and we should never expect it. I've got folks making comments that their tomatoes are still growing, but they have huge hornworms on them. That would not be unusual. That particular moth lays an egg at night on the tomato and it becomes this big honking caterpillar. So, How do you deter them? Well, you spray the tomato with BT. 
maybe twice a week, at least once a week. And you want to wet it down really good. In this kind of weather, if it's raining, it's going to wash it off. Not all of it, but a lot of it. It won't be as effective. But BT is a good prohibited product that the minute that caterpillar takes a bite and gets the BT in it, it starts trying to kill it. It is much more effective when it's a little caterpillar. When it's already as big around as your finger, the best way to get rid of them is pick them off and throw them out into the yard. Hopefully, birds will come and eat them. You can throw them in the trash. You can crush their little heads. All of these ways will stop them. If you want to prevent them, the only answer is to use the BT. Now, got to talk to that about it. Talk about that a second. Is it effective to use BT right now? Well, yes and no. Are you going to be able to protect your tomatoes so they're still growing? Are they in a greenhouse? Do you bring them in? Do you keep them warm so they do not get below about, oh, I don't know, 45 degrees? And our weather report shows that we're going to get down to 40 or less if you live in the hill country. Maybe it's time to just give up on the tomatoes. Up to you. After a hit of cold like this, those tomatoes will not produce anywhere near as well. Anywhere near as well. As they would if we were in warm weather. The cold is nature's way of saying, hey, you know, plant something else there. Now you can harvest the tomatoes, put them in a paper bag, keep them on the counter, check them all the time to make sure they don't rot. But if they don't, they'll slowly turn red on you and they will be delicious. Don't waste them simply because they're on the plant as a green tomato. And learn better recipes. Fried green tomatoes are tasty as can be. So maybe you cook with green tomatoes rather than red ones. But this cold is really going to call out everybody but the most obsessed tomato gardener, it will be too cold at 38 degrees for your tomatoes to be happy. And if you're in the hill country, it says 38 in Austin 
if you are north or, you know, northwest in the hill country, you may have a freeze. And that'll end your tomatoes. It'll be very frustrating, but that's what the weather does. If you can protect them, good luck. Otherwise, you really should consider, hey, let me just pick these tomatoes, and it's time to plant something else, something that can handle this kind of cold, something that will give you a harvest even in this cool weather. Of course, it's up to you, but you want to uh, consider how much work you went to getting those tomatoes. You can always try a farmer's market. And, of course, they have them at the grocery store. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Marilyn, I see you there. I need to take a quick break. Uh, I'll catch you on the other side. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Let's go to the phone. This is Marilyn. Marilyn, what can I help you with? Hey, Jeff. I have a uh, key lime tree that I planted in one of those whiskey barrels, and it's about six or seven feet tall. And when I first got it, it had blossoms all over it. And now they've gone, and the leaves are turning just a tiny bit yellow or off-color green. And what I'm not sure what to do with this thing. Um, It's probably gotten a lot of water, and the cooling of the temperature means it doesn't need as much as it did when it was 105 degrees. It will freeze. If you get to freezing temperatures, a freeze can kill that lime. Okay. So you'll need to be able to move it into the garage, into some place where it doesn't get to freezing. Okay. You can, I did put you some can sort prune of- it. I was going to say I did put like a citrus uh, fertilizer in it recently. I don't know if that'll help. Um, Citrus, excuse me, citrus are very greedy. If you have a citrus fertilizer, I would put it down once a month to keep them going really, really well. Now, if we have freezing weather, obviously they don't need any fertilizer because they should be inside. Okay, and how long does it take to actually get a line from these things? um, You will probably this spring get a burst of blossoms and start start getting uh, limes this spring. Okay, perfect. Hopefully I'll be able to keep it alive then. Right, Uh, that's a big deal if you have it outside and we get a frost or a freeze, it'll knock all the blooms off, which means you won't get any fruit. And it can kill the lime. So you need to prepare for a way to keep it out of cold weather. You can cut it back if you want. 
maybe you remove two feet of it. So rather than being a six-foot shrub, you wind up with four feet of shrub. That makes it easier to move at the very least, and it will encourage new growth. New growth will have lots of blooms. Perfect. Thank you so much for your help. Thanks for the call, Marilyn. Let's go to the phone. This is Pat. Pat, what can I help you with? Hi. I planted a Texas sage two years ago in my sage garden, but not really being from here knowing how they grow, it's really not in the best spot. Is now a good time for me to dig it up and plant it again, or should I wait till spring? Uh, with the Texas sage, um, you could probably move it now, but a two-year-old Texas sage, you're going to have to dig up quite a bit of root. So it's going to be it's going to be heavy. So hopefully you can get some help. And rather than trying to lift it, dig it up and work a tarp under it. That way you can just pull the tarp and drag the plant to the new location. Okay. Um, Can I ask another question? Yes. I have a Meyer lemon that I've been growing in a pot. I put it outside in the spring, and I believe the grasshopper is the culprit, but it ate every leaf off the plant. I I did get four lemons but I still, uh, I hardly have any leaves. Is it dead? Nope. I have an orange in a pot. Same situation. Every single leaf has got a big bite out of it. I think it's grasshoppers. And they are really troublesome. And the plant should recover. Now, you've got to protect it from a freeze but the plant should recover. You can spray it. Uh, It's awful cold, so it'll be hard to do. Um, Neem oil mixed with the hot water, because if it's too cold, the neem turns into almost peanut butter. But with warm water, shake it up good. You can spray the plant with neem oil. Grasshoppers do not like the taste or the smell of the neem oil. And that should give your plant time to start uh, creating some new leaves. Okay, well, I brought it in in the summer and I still do not have any leaves. So do you fertilize it? Really, uh, well, I'm using the Happy Frog fertilizer. It's not specifically mm-hmm. for citrus. And then listening to you, I'm wondering, should I be giving it specific citrus seeds? You know, the lemon tree can't read. So when you fertilize it, it has no idea what you're giving it. It doesn't matter. You just need to make sure it gets the nutrients it needs. Citrus are greedy. If you're using a, a fertilizer, you may need to use it. Following the instructions, you don't need 10 tons of it, but you may need to feed it once a month for it to really start behaving. Yeah, once in a while, mm, no. 
once a month can get it going. Okay. All right. That, I hope that solves the problem. Thank you very much. I really enjoy your show. Thanks for the call, Pat, and good luck with that. You at least got some lemons off of it. You start uh, getting rid of those grasshoppers, and you may see it really come back and produce lots of blooms and fruit for you this spring. Now, um, we really need to prepare for this cold. If not your plants, how about yourself? It's, it's a surprise. We were 105 degrees 60 days ago. <laughs> and we're going to be looking at a frost. Those out in the hill country, if your plants are susceptible to the frost or freeze, you need to do something to protect them if you want to keep them going. And remember, let's say you're using the frost cloth, that white material. That's only about four to six degrees of coverage. So if you have a plant that doesn't like it below, let's say the plant doesn't like it below 40 degrees, if we are going to get to a frost at 32 and you have frost cloth and it gives you six degrees, you still are below the temperature the plant wants. Sometimes it takes more effort to keep these plants alive. And sometimes we have to make a real rational decision. Is it worth the trouble. Your tomatoes, they still produce great. When we get that cold, you better pick the tomatoes off and let them ripen off the vine. You may lose your entire crop if you're not careful. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We're at the bottom of the hour. I need to break for the news. I'll catch you all on the other side. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, folks. Let's uh, let's see. I think I had someone on the phone here. Let's go to the phone. This is Roger. Roger, what can I help you with? Hey, Jeff. I think you answered my question. Uh, I got lots of decorative cactus sitting out on my porch. I, I guess I should bring them in this uh, for the next few days. Um, when you say decorative, that kind of throws a, a wrench in the equation. Oh, I got economics. I got pin uh, uh, cushion. I got all, uh, angel wings. All kinds of stuff. <laughs> I got like twenty different kinds of, of cactus I try to grow. Okay, here's the, here's the problem. If you were to have purchased 
cacti, agaves, etc., from our local nurseries. They are usually pretty good about getting ones that are very cold tolerant because it's not a very good business model to sell you something that can't last the year, right? True. But you have some decorative ones, and people will make a trade for the appearance in exchange for not being as cold tolerant. You will never go wrong by bringing them in. Okay. Or at least covering them so that they'll stay warmer. I don't think we're going to get that embarrassingly cold. But if you're already prepared, you won't hurt them. Well, and that's what I'll do. I'll work on uh, later this evening, early tomorrow morning. And is there any plans I can find to build a A-frame, a PVC greenhouse? Oh, my, yes. Um, search engine. And if you put it in just like that, A-frame, PVC greenhouse, I'm betting you're going to find a lot of plans, a lot of plans for it. Yeah, looking for about an eight by twelve. So uh, size will be up to you. That's, that's the only room I got, <laughs> so it got, it got to fit. Got but, it. Uh, I fully understand it. I but definitely appreciate it, Jeff. Be... You have a great day. See you tomorrow. You too, folks. Um, we try not as nurseries. We really. Independent nurseries do not want to sell you something that's not going to grow here. Now, the plant should be something that can grow here. That doesn't mean you treated it right, but it should be capable. And they should be able to explain to you, here's how you care for it. If we sold plants that didn't work, like certain other vendors do, and we simply said, we guarantee it for a year, but it's a plant that shouldn't be here, and it dies, they go, okay. And they give you another one. Well, that's kind of ridiculous. Let's go around in circles planting the same plant that doesn't work here and constantly having to replace that plant. That's where an independent nursery, that's where they shine. When they sell you something, when they sell you something, they are invested in it. They purchased it from a grower that they've been working with. They know who grew it. They provide uh, plants that are for here. There are probably the occasional specimen plants that they can get, but it's real simple. If you drive around the Austin area 
and you look at everybody's yards and you look at all of the displays, you go to the parks, etc. If you don't see the plant you want growing here, it probably doesn't. Now, like I said, with a specimen plant, you can try really hard to take care of it and keep it growing. I'll give you an example. I grew a pineapple for years. I got a pineapple, it produced a pup. We ate the pup. I took the top and planted it again. I got several generations of pineapple, but I had to work really hard to keep it from freezing. And it was a rather large plant with really sharp leaves on it. Trust me, I have the holes to prove it. Pineapples don't generally grow here. You're not going to throw one out in your garden and it survive. The cold will kill it. But I choose to make the effort. I chose to make the effort to protect it in the worst of the weather. And as a return, I got pineapples. It's kind of a ego thing. Yes, I'm good enough. I grow pineapple where it doesn't want to grow. But you really got to put in the effort for some of these plants. They may have disease problems. The soil here may be just way too alkaline for them. Maybe they can't handle the heat. You know, there are a lot of plants that are called zone eight. That's where we are in central Texas, zone 8A, zone 8B. Did you know zone eight also exists in Washington state? Yeah, there is actually zone 8A area in the corner of Canada there. So you pick up a plant that says it grows in that zone and you bring it down here and plant it in Texas. No. Zone eight only tells you how cold it can deal with. The plant may not want anything to do with our temperatures in terms of the heat. And you will just melt it. But if you are talking with a local independent nursery, there's a bunch of them and they're great. They will discuss with you, this is a plant that will or will not grow here. This is the kind of care you need to give it to keep it going. And when you go in and you say, I'm looking for this plant, and they don't have it, ask them why. I was looking for a particular plant that I know grows here. And when I spoke to that nursery, they said that every time they bring in that plant, they can't sell it. Nobody wants it. So they quit carrying it. That doesn't mean the plant doesn't grow here. It still does. 
but they made a decision based on demand and they don't carry it. I could find it at a different nursery and that's okay. But if you come in and say, I want this plant and they go, sorry, that doesn't grow here. That's probably true. That is probably true. One of the quick examples is everybody watches and gets a picture on PBS or nature or something like that. And they get to see what's called a rainbow eucalyptus. It literally looks like somebody took a box of crayons and melted it around the tree and let it run down the trunk. They're beautiful. They do not grow here. But it always comes up. I can tell when it was shown on TV that people start going, hey, I want a rainbow eucalyptus. Well, so do I. We need zone 10 to get the rainbow eucalyptus to grow. We're literally too cold for it. Just look around. Do you see one anywhere? If you don't, that's a pretty good clue that it's not a plant for Central Texas. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a break. I'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, well, hey, welcome back, everybody. Let's go to the phone. This is Susan. Susan, what can I help you with? Hi, I enjoyed your talk about what to do with tomatoes, but I was wondering, should we take down our peppers and our cucumbers now also? I don't intend to. Uh, I don't have any cucumbers. Cucumbers can handle this kind of cold right up to a freeze, okay? Okay. The peppers, um, they're surprisingly resilient. They're not quite as affected by the cold as tomatoes would be. So, so long as it's not going to freeze, they'll probably keep growing. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for the call, Susan. Bye. Yeah, folks, it's getting cold. All right? It will It will be cold this week. If you are in the outlying areas, you may see a freeze, a frost. Hitting 32 for an hour or two is usually not a big deal. It depends on the plant. Your tomatoes will not like it. And if you're growing basil, basil is not a cold weather plant either. You can look at clipping the basil flush to the ground, picking up the entire plant and hanging it in the garage or something so the leaves dry out. Then you can collect the leaves. Maybe you put them through a grinder, maybe not, but then you will have basil for the winter. And it'll taste great. It will be happy. It will be happy. Uh, even though it'll be uh, cold weather, you still get a return from it. 
So just be aware of the weather. Now remember, our first freeze in the Austin area is generally December 1st. So we still have a decent amount of growing time yet. Don't be disappointed. Put in some of the new, uh, put in some of the new winter crops. They could be great. There are lots of cold season crops, uh, especially ones like root crops, beets, carrots, radishes. They're not much bothered by the cold. They will do just fine in the ground because it's really rare here in Texas. It is not impossible, but it is really super rare for the soil to freeze here in central Texas. Oh, it gets cold, but it doesn't actually freeze the soil. So those kind of crops will do just fine. You may freeze the top off, but it'll grow new ones because the root, the the ear, uh, excuse me, the carrot, the beet, the radish, they'll remain in the soil without leaves. And as soon as it warms up, they'll start producing new leaves and keep growing. So the cold just gives us new opportunities. The cold kind of nudges us and tells us, hey, pay attention here. Some of the things in your garden, they're not going to make it in this cold. Kind of on you to decide what to do at that point. And there are a lot of plants, like I said, the beets and the carrots, radishes, they're not bothered by it. If you have the soil, if you have the room, those are great plants to be putting in right now. Oh, and speaking of putting plants in right now, I mentioned that I got five and three quarter inches of rain. And looking at the weather report, there's more rain coming. Sunday and Monday may get a lot of rain. Still may get rain today. Don't work wet soil. If you go and you want to transplant something, stick your shovel in the soil, make a gap so you can kind of see down into it and see if there's standing water. How wet is that soil? You may not get it to dry out with this constant barrage of rain coming. But you can at least try to give it some time. Try to give it some time when it's not raining. Like, according to the weather report, Tuesday through Friday, we shouldn't get any rain, which unfortunately means I'm going to have to go mow the lawn. 
But give it those few days where we're not getting extra rain in the ground. You do not want to work wet ground. It destroys the tilt of the soil. And if you transplant a plant from one location to another, and the place you move it to is just a swamp, you're going to hurt that plant. It's going to really suffer transplant shock. And uh, that's not to anybody's benefit. So, yes, we got rain. Isn't that amazing? We really need it. We need so much more. But don't get real excited about stuff. If it's not raining and you go, oh, I can go out there and do work, maybe you can give it another day. Just let the water start to drain. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I will talk to you all again tomorrow at 8 a.m. Have a great day today.